following podcast is a Jill Divine Media production. Christianity has become known for judgy people, strange words, ancient stories, confusing rules, and a members-only mindset. This is why I stayed away from the church for so long, but it's not supposed to be that way. I'm Jill Devine, a former radio personality with three tattoos, a love for a good tequila, and who's never read the entire Bible. Yet, here I am hosting a podcast about faith. The Normal Goes a Long Way podcast is your home for real conversations with real people using real language about how faith and real life intersect. Welcome to the conversation. Welcome back to Normal Goes a Long Way. I'm your host, Jill Devine, and we're back with more high schoolers. Well, that's kind of a lie. We'll explain in just a minute, but Ryan, we had Audrey and Jenna on on our last episodes, and we have some more ladies on. I want to set this up real fast, though, because if you have been a listener of the podcast, you have heard from Pastor Jim Mueller. And he is our lead pastor at where Ryan and I work and serve, and that's at Messiah in St. Charles. That's a suburb outside of the St. Louis area. And so he's been on a few times, and now we roped his daughter in. Uh (laughs) So Ryan, you're going to do your magic like you did the last time. You're going to talk to these ladies. I'll chime in when I feel like it, when I want to just kind of derail that combo. Yes, please derail as you see fit. You're so good at that. Thanks. Uh, Derailing. um, Yes, yes. (laughs) In a positive way, though. Okay, thank you. Um, Well, hey, we've got Ivy and Maddie here with us today. Ivy just graduated high school, so she is a former high school student, fresh out. So she is excited for the next stage of life. Maddie here is about to start senior year. And... While our last guests, Audrey and Jenna, they were public school, Ivy and Maddie go to a local private school here in the St. Louis area. And so that's an interesting thing about this area too. The St. Louis area is full of this public school, private school divide. And so that's why I thought it was important to have people from from both sides on this podcast, hearing from the public school kids, hearing from the private school kids, Later on, we're going to have some guys come in. And as I mentioned last episode, we're going to have a teacher on too. So we've got a bunch of different voices coming at us. Ivy, how are you feeling being done with high school? Tell us about that first. Um, well, it's kind of hard to process. There was a lot going on in high school, and now I feel like I have nothing going on. So I just sit at home every day, and I'm like, what do I do? <laughs> you know, I uh, think this is an – for me, I remember this – phase of just finishing high school and feeling this combination of freedom and a little sadness. The sadness kind of kicked in when I realized, okay, I'm moving far away for college and all my friends are kind of staying back here. My family's staying yeah. back here. So it's, you're kind of in the exciting you know, stage of this process, yes. but you're kind of going far away for school, aren't you? I am. I'm moving to Arizona, Flagstaff. I'm going to Air- Northern Arizona University very excited but it is very far that is where the southwest united states right you got some yes. deserts you've got grand canyon so it is going to be a different place than missouri definitely For not sure. the midwest <laughs> um but actually tell us a little bit about yourself so you know ivy uh you aren't a native to missouri where did you go to school what were you involved in there and give us one word you'd use to describe maddie and maddie same for you where do you go to school 
what are you plugged into there? And one word you'd use to describe Ivy. Okay. So I went to Lutheran High School of St. Charles. I loved it. It was, I went for my last three years of school. So my freshman year, I was in public school in Texas. And then we moved from my dad's job to St. Louis. And so now we go to Messiah and Lutheran High. And at Lutheran High, I was really involved in dance. I also did student ambassadors and sometimes NHS. I did like some kind of random pop-in clubs, but not a lot, I guess. <laughs> and then uh, one word I would do, describe Maddie. Maddie is very thoughtful. She uh, always knows like a good thing to say, but she's also a good listener. Yeah, I would say really thoughtful. <laughs> All right, Maddie, tell us about you and, and your word you'd use to describe Ivy. Okay, so for middle school, I went to a public middle school um, in Winfield, which is right by my house, but now I go to Lutheran High School, and I'm going to be a senior, and it's like a 35-minute drive, but it's <laughs> worth it. And um, I'm also on the dance team, and um, I'm also in student council, uh, student ambassadors, and I'm the secretary at NHS, so that's, like, kind of mm. big. That's about it. And then one word to describe Ivy would be, uh, I would say loyal. I feel like she's, like, <laughs> I can, like, trust her with a lot of stuff, too, and, like, trustworthy, but definitely loyal because, like, I can tell her stuff, and I know she's going to, like, like, she's going to take it to heart. She's not just going to, like, blow it off her chest, you know, and I feel like I can trust her with stuff. So I like those words for both of you. That's interesting. Ivy, I knew some of your backstory. Maddie, I didn't know it as much. But so you both went from public to private school. I want to hear about that transition for you. You went to a, a public school in Texas, public school in suburban St. Louis. <laughs> now, you gotta, uh -huh. so now you got to. So now you got to now you got to private school. So tell us what that transition was like. Was it weird? Was it fun? Did you love it? Yeah, it was um, definitely weird. I went to public school my whole life before I went to Lutheran High. So I really liked public school, actually. And my public high school was really big. And there were so many things I could be involved in. Like we had this ginormous theater program that I loved being a part of. Um, and we had a dance team that I was on really big. And then I came and we decided to go to Lutheran High because a lot of people at our church went and they really liked the school and I didn't know where I was going to go. So I decided that was probably a good place to go. And it's really small. So there's less things to be involved in. But I would say the programs that are really good at our school are very good. Like we have a really good robotics program. I'm not in that, but like they're very good. And I don't even know if I had that in public school. Yeah, we have a really good football team. Our dance team's good. Less yeah, things to be involved in, though. We did not have a robotics team at my uh, school growing up either, so it is a plus, <laughs> I guess. Um, I am kind of surprised, though, that with your dad being a pastor, that you were in public school all the way up until your sophomore year. Yeah. And what was that decision like, or were you involved in that decision? Do you know how that came about? Well, so in Texas, especially where I just moved from, I lived in Dallas, there's not that many private schools. Like, I think I remember like maybe three and they were like for either like very rich kids or like people that were like involved in like cheer or something. So they had like almost no time to be at school or like gymnastics, like gymnastics, you really can't be involved in a lot of other things if you're like very competitive. So there was no reason for me 
to like go to private school and we just never considered it. And then when we moved to St. Louis, there was like all these people that went to private school. Like everyone was talking about private school. And they're like, are you going to this private school? Are you going to this private school? And I was like, what? Like, that's, an, that's an option. Did it feel like, weird? To, yes. Yeah. I was yeah. so weird. And I was like, okay, like I get to wear a uniform. Like that's kind of cool. <laughs> I like was excited <laughs> okay. about wearing a uniform because I didn't want to pick out my outfit every day. Like yes. that's such a struggle. Mm. Like, oh, so I was excited. Okay. So you saw the uniform as freedom. Yes, right. freedom. <laughs> it freed up some mind space. Interesting. Okay. I did not like, I don't like the uniforms. I, I yeah, I, you like the uniforms. I just don't like <laughs> Did you attend church before going to Lutheran High? No, not really. I like went for like Easter and for Christmas with my family, but I didn't attend like a regular Sunday church. Okay. So then I want to start with that question hmm. then. Because I think I kind of understand maybe for you, Ivy, what this would be like. But you go from public school, which is what I did, to a Christian private school. How much in your face is the Jesus talk? Very. I want to know. I want to know that too. It yeah, was like it was a very. So my sister has went to Lutheran High before me, so she was four years, and so when she was a senior, I was a freshman. So she kind of told me like it was going to be like. Because I was an intro to gospel because I didn't know anything. And I, like, walked in and we started saying um, the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer. <laughs> and I had no idea what that was as a freshman. And I was like, I was like, what am I getting myself into? I was like, I don't know. Like, And then everyone was carrying, like, we, like, had to carry my Bible around because it didn't fit in my book bag. <laughs> and I was like, what am I doing right now? But, no, and then we had chapel and small groups. And I had, like. At my old school, we'd have, like, assemblies for, like, sports. Like, we would never have, like, get together and do it because it's a public school. So it kind of was really, like, in my face right when I stepped into Lutheran High. And especially, like, you walk in and there's, like, a big, like, um, cross right there. And I'm, like, I just never, like, experienced that before. Did it feel weird Yeah. for a while? Yeah. Does it still feel weird or it have you gotten feels, used to it? It still feels weird because still, like, in my, got, like, my religion classes, I'm still, like, a little bit behind everyone. Like, actually a lot behind everyone. Yeah. But I did try my best in classes, so. So why did your parents decide to send you to Lutheran High and so, your sister? Yeah. So my grandma actually used to be the cheer coach at Lutheran High. And my aunts went through Lutheran High, and they were on the, like, palm squad. And right whenever my grandma quit doing the cheer coach is when my sister came, but she was already enrolled, so she was just going to try it out. And so she joined with the new coach, and she liked it and went through all four years. So then I just uh, joined in my freshman year. So, Maddie, this is interesting because you not only didn't grow up in our church, you didn't necessarily growing, grow up going to church regularly at all. So now you're kind of plugged in to what we do at Messiah. Tell me, how did that happen? How did you end up showing up to our high school environments on Sunday nights? And, and Ivy, you can also share some of the story, too, because you're, you're a part of it as well. I remember <laughs> the first time I came, it wasn't actually to church. It was to, like, a pool thing yes. last summer, but it was just for leaders. And yes. I was with Ivy, and I, like, showed up. And it was, like, and then I was, like, I like these people. And then, like, I went to the summer things with you. Yeah. I think that was only, like, a year ago. Mm -hmm. We, like, went to summer events. Do you remember that? I don't remember the pool event, but the summer events, I mean, I, I did throw them, so <laughs> I did put them on. Um, 
Were you at the the volleyball tournament? Yeah. First time yeah, that? Okay. Yes. Okay, that's right. Second place. <laughs> oh man, I love that. That was fun. Uh, interesting. So that was how you got plugged in. Now, you know, we've always had, we've had guests come to our environments and some of them show up once and never come back. And I'm glad we got to bless them that one time, but you stay connected. And I noticed there have been Sundays you've come when Ivy wasn't there. And I thought that was very interesting. I always text her. <laughs> Are you going to be here tonight? And I'm like on the way. She's like, no. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> and I still go. Oh, man. Hey, it is. But, but Grace is there, too. Like all my other friends. Well, okay. So this is an important point that you can do great stuff as a church or as a ministry. But if you don't have the relationships and the community as a part of it, that's oftentimes what a lot of people are, are missing or are looking for. Um, I have been to churches myself that I loved. Their worship was great and their preaching was great, but I didn't feel connected. I didn't have people there. And so it's hard to come back when you don't know someone. And so for you, talk about like what community. Have you found community being plugged in here? Um, clearly, Ivy's a very important uh, friend in your life, and so you want to be there with her, but... Tell us a little bit yeah. about that. I just, I like the community at Messiah. Like, I've gone to a few other churches, like youth groups trying to get involved, and I would go, like, one time, and I just, like, feel like everyone was, like, a click and wouldn't really talk to me. But right when I came to Messiah, I feel like it was just, like, like I connected with so many people that, like, I knew um, Audrey, like, she went to school with me, but I haven't, like, talked to her. And then we came to Messiah, and we, like, talked to each other again. And I was, like, I didn't know I was going to, like, be friends with her again because, like, I haven't connected with her throughout, like, the two years. But then I just feel like it's more like a community at Messiah. And, like, I always look forward to, like, it's on my alarms, like, to leave. <laughs> and, like, I bring my brother now. He's going to a few things. And, like, all the guys, like, hang out with him. And I just think it's fun for him to even get connected into. Yeah. Your brother, by the way, killed it in the hot wing eating contest <laughs> oh the goodness. other week. Let he me was, just say that. <laughs> he was very excited. I came home to my mom. <laughs> Guess what I did. I was like, oh, you can show it. You can tell her. <laughs> I have got some pictures you need to see from that because it was quite funny. Um, Ivy, yes. when you first came to Messiah, so I got a bunch of teenagers together once and said, we need to do what we're doing better. And you were part of that initial conversation. And I remember telling you that, you know, you were pretty fresh. I think literally a freshman or no, I just was a sophomore. You were a sophomore. Mm -hmm. So you are not only new to Messiah, you're new to your school. And I remember saying, you're going to find people, you're going to find friends at your school. It took some time, but uh, how did you get connected to Maddie at school? And how did you start just inviting her to our church? I I'm very interested in that. Yeah. So uh, I met Maddie through dance. We were on the same dance team. She joined the dance team because of her sister, Ella. And I had done dance whenever I lived in Texas. So then I wanted to do dance when I got here. And my coaches, like, had contacted, like, my coach at my school. So she was, like, super excited that I was coming. They're like, a dancer from Texas. <laughs> so I was so excited. But Maddie and I actually didn't really talk, like, our first year of being on the team together. I don't really know why. <laughs> But I don't know. But at that time, I would say I would probably wasn't like that comfortable to invite people. I was like really excited about Messiah and I was excited about what like Ryan wanted for it and what like the rest of the kids that we like talked to and that like leadership group or whatever like wanted. But 
I was so new that I like didn't really know who all these people were and like I was going with my brother and my younger sister and they were really new to everything and so I think like the three of us were like a little scared at times and we're like I don't know what to do here but then as I got more comfortable and like saw kind of more of our like visions coming to life about what we wanted like youth group to look like I was like oh like I really want to like take some of my friends here so Mm. I know I've taken like some other dance people before but Maddie has expressed like wanting to know more about God to me and that made me like really excited I was like okay I can bring like a friend to youth group who actually like really want to be here yeah and she liked it so she kept coming as we're sitting here talking I'm like looking at Maddie and it hit me we have met before and I know this because I believe it was at Easter so for our church, we take reservations and RSVPs, and I was half in charge of that, and I was helping check people in, and I remember seeing your name, and you showed up. It was just you, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, there's only one of her. Okay. I, I mean, I just started thinking, what the heck? And then I, I don't remember exactly if Ivy, you came out and you said, this is my friend, or you said that you were here with Ivy. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, that's super cool. That's really mm-hmm. cool. And then I think maybe it happened again, maybe just random coming. But then also, was this Easter too that you stuck around for two services, Ivy? <laughs> so Ivy stuck around for two services and she said, I'm just fired up for Jesus. I can't <laughs> There we go. I'm like, who are these people? (laughs) These like teenage girls. It actually can happen to my girls. They could be like Mm. this. But I mean, I know you two aren't perfect, but when I see that love and I see that curiosity, like I like I see me and you, Maddie. I mean, just to be able to just show up and do that. That's give yourself some credit for that. I like, I remember filling out the thing and I was texting Ivy and all the services were filled up. And I was like, and I was like, Ivy, which one are you going to go to? <laughs> and then I like based it off there. And the only one open was like the 8 a.m. one. And I yeah. was like, oh, <laughs> I was like, are you going to be at the next one? <laughs> so Ivy stayed for two services. I went to all three. Actually. Oh, you awesome. went to all three? I, I snuck into the last one, too. I just, I, I was Whoa, really feeling that's better than me. <laughs> wow. It's amazing. I, uh, that's so funny, and that is so cool. Uh, Maddie, you said, or maybe it's you, Ivy, you're talking about how you still have some questions about your faith and you're still trying to know who God is more, which by the way, we all are. Jill is, I am 45 (laughs) and I still don't have a clue. Uh What are some of those questions and and what are you learning about God? What are you wanting to understand about him better? Oh, there's so much. Like I definitely get some questions during like chapel during, um, assemblies and stuff when we like meet i feel like i get sometimes lost in the message because i just don't know like the backstory to some of it or like the context that we're in unlike my peers around me that are like oh this happened before i'm like like grace was sat by me and i'm always like what's happening and she's always like she has to like fill me in like really quick because i like just don't 
I kind of don't have, I haven't learned about it as much. Like what I have learned is the basic of basic because I went through intro to gospel and then I skipped Old Testament. So I don't know much about the Old Testament and I skipped New Testament class to be with like the juniors and like my grade. So there is a lot that I still like didn't know. I think that is so important to remember. Oftentimes when we're up front as a teacher, as someone who speaks up front, it's very easy to get in a place of, you know the story of David and Goliath, right? Well, just like in that story, and I, you know, you can skip over that story and just assume everyone in the audience knows it because you're at a private Christian school or whatever. There's always someone in your audience, and if there isn't, you should assume there's someone in your audience that doesn't know the stories that you might think they know. And Amen. I have learned that. You know, my, my time with our, our confirmation, our, our middle school students, has really taught me that, that you've got to slow down and walk them through this so that they feel invited and included. I'm really glad you have friends and connections at your school that can be there on the side like, okay, so this is what happened there. Because they know I don't know that much either. So, like, one time we were, I don't know where I was, but they were saying, like, a really important story, and I was like, and like everyone was answering questions about it and then it got to me and I was like I like truly don't know because mm-hmm. like I never really like learned about this I've never really dove into this story so it gets confusing at times for sure and I'm glad that Ivy you you've been there as well and it sounds like there are multiple people Maddie in your life uh, that have been there to to connect you to this greater story I want to know though being in a private school I think sometimes people assume if I send my kids to private school, they're going to be around good kids that don't do anything wrong. And that's an over-exaggeration. But I think there is this idea that there's somehow less brokenness in a private Christian school than in a, in a public school. Is that true? Is that not quite accurate? What's the culture like at a private school? I would say they definitely encourage good behavior more than... A public school would but one thing I would say is like everyone's broken and definitely there's many people at our school that are broken and our school is actually not like all Christian at all they're like we have these big projects our senior year that you have to interview a non-Christian and like learn about their faith and ask them questions about it interview them and like there's at least 10 people in every class that interview someone from our school because there are people from our school that are not Christians and they never become Christians while they're at our school and their parents send them there because they have good sports or they just want them to be in a more positive environment, maybe. And I would say sometimes I feel like it's more positive. I would say that, like, in public school, you have, like, sometimes, like, cops just standing around. And I understand why, but, like, they're not looking for, like, us to do bad things at our school. Like, they actually reward us when we do good things. They have, like, the Cougar Character Award every, like, quarter of the semester. They, like, recognize four students, one from each grade, that, like, have done, like, above and beyond like Christian service. They've just been a good kid. And some of them aren't Christian. Like you don't have to be Christian to get that award. And so I like that they like are looking for good things too. And they're not just constantly like looking like, oh, are you doing something illegal? Like, are you doing something that you should not be doing in high school? Should I dress code you? Like that kind Mm -hmm. of stuff. And I feel like my teachers don't look for that here. So that's a good thing. Yeah. What does it mean to be a Christian to you? That is a hard question. (laughs) I feel like there's not really an answer to what does it mean to be a Christian. It kind of depends on the person. 
So I guess I ask that because when you said that there are kids in your school that aren't Christians, mm-hmm. how do you define that? Well, so I know some kids that are atheists that go to my school or like Jewish or like Muslim or something that like identify with a different religion, which would mean not Christian to me personally. That doesn't mean that they don't believe in a God though. And so I think it's kind of maybe more of a debate, like, do they believe in God or like, are they identifying with who Christians identify with? A lot of like denominations are in like the Christian church. And some people believe that like certain people are Christians and some people believe those people aren't. So like Mormons, some people don't find Mormons to be Christians and some people do find Mormons to be Christians. And it's like, how do we debate that? It doesn't directly say in the Bible, like, you know, this section of Christianity is not actually Christianity. Like, we don't know. I'm curious what some of those students, I mean, they, from what I know of your school, you know, they're coming every day to a devotion or a gospel or a small group. So they have direct contact with the good news. So what are their takeaways? Are they like, oh, I see things differently now, or this is even weirder than I thought, you know, what, what, what are their thoughts being in a Christian environment and not being a believer? One of my friends plays football and he technically does not believe that he is Christian. I'm not exactly sure what he identifies as, but he does believe in God and he'll, you know, like get a touchdown or something. He's pointed up to the sky. He's like, this is all for you, God, you know? So clearly he's connected to something there. Yeah, something. And I don't know, like for him, like I think he actually does like the devotionals and stuff, even though technically he would say he's not a Christian and everyone that comes and speaks to us is identifying as a Christian. But because we're talking about God, he feels like it relates to him. And I don't know. He likes hearing about it. What do they, do you ever hear them pushing back on anything they teach or any of the devotions or chapels? Yeah, there's some kids like in our religion classes I feel like you've probably seen this too, that like they'll raise questions or whatever to the teachers. There's actually quite a bit of that. They'll talk about like something Christian, especially if it's like controversial, like we're talking about like gay rights or something like that. Like there's a lot of kids that will raise their hand and they're like, I don't believe that to be true. Or like, I don't think it says that in the Bible or something like that. Or I don't know, people that like aren't even Christian will like, they'll try to like talk to the teacher about it. Here's what I love about these conversations. We are spending a lot of time on school, which is very interesting to me because chapel. I want to bring that up. So I wrote down chapel at the high school level, question mark. So going to chapel for me as a church worker, and now that my daughters are going to a private Christian school, I had no idea what it was, what it was about. And I hope this isn't, I don't hope nobody takes offense to this, but I do feel like when you go to chapel, it's the same thing. You're awesome. God loves you, which is all, that's true. It is. And this is how you should know you're great. It's like, okay, when you have early childhood to eighth grade, you can't get too in depth, right? You have to just (laughs) preach that word of the, the love and whatever, But what is it like at the high school level? Because, Maddie, you were talking about not understanding some things. And so I'm thinking, okay, well, yeah, how does that work? What what is that like? And maybe for the listener that doesn't really understand what chapel is, do you, 
I don't know, do you want to go through that, Ryan? Or how do you explain that? Because nobody explained it to me. How do I do a chapel? No, or what is chapel? Oh. I mean, would you say it is the, the the one day of the week that the school comes together, kind of like your own worship, like a, a Sunday? Would you? Yeah, it's it's so Lutheran High specifically. It's it's a little different because they do you know there are two devotions during the week, which is basically a guy comes up or a girl, they give a little 10, 15 minute talk and walk away. Chapel's basically that with some music. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit longer. Liturgy. Is liturgy sometimes, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a pretty basic format. Okay. But to me, I see a chapel at their school and at our school. But to me, this is the the biggest group of unchurched people that I'm going to get to speak to for a while. Because they're showing up to our building on a Sunday night, they're churched. But clearly, as what they've said, there's a lot of unchurched people in that audience. And so if I have one more message to give to them, what am I going to tell them? If this is the last time they're going to listen to anyone up there on a Wednesday or a Monday or Friday, maybe they're coming in that room and they're thinking, I'm bored of this. I'm sick of it. This is my last one that I'm really going to listen to. And from here on out, I'm putting my headphones in and I don't care. What does that kid need to hear? How can I give them a compelling view of, of the gospel? How can God speak through me? What What do they need to hear about God? Um, I love it because of that. It's a different space than what we do on a Wednesday night or a Sunday night for our students, just for that reason alone. It kind of excites me to get in that room and to speak to to people like that, to speak to people like Maddie that are like, it's a good reminder there are people that don't know all these stories that I, I grew up hearing but that a lot of other people didn't. It blows my mind that you said going to a chapel, let's just say high school, let's not take K through eighth, going to a high school Christian school, you have the opportunity to speak to more unchurched individuals than whatever on a, on a Sunday. I say unchurched. I also use the words maybe unconnected, maybe they're a member at a church, but they don't go anymore. And I don't know what the number is, but I know, you know, if they're a regular person showing up in our environments, you know, they're churched because they're literally showing up to church. Okay. But if they're at a school, I don't know their background. And I know from what they've said, from what our students who go to this school have said, there's a lot of kids there that don't believe in Jesus, or maybe they are a member of a church, but they don't go anymore. So that's who I feel like really compelled to speak to in those spaces. Do either of you have any, I mean, we know yeah. about Maddie, how you feel about chapel yeah. sometimes, but any thoughts on that? I mean, I would say that Ryan does a really good job of like appealing to those kids. Yeah, that, I, I agree with that. Sometimes yes. I actually can relate to, but sometimes people will sit up there and it's the same something from Matthew I don't know it's the same thing every time and I'm like I still don't understand because they're not like 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 they're not like getting me into the story like asking questions and stuff whenever like if someone like I know is doing it I feel like I listen better than like someone that has done it for many years and they're not really relating it to like our lives today and like how I don't know like teenagers today like relate that to them instead of relating it to like a Sunday morning with, like, audience from, like, three to, like, um, 
older age. So it's like relating it to teenagers. It is hard, I'll say, to to bring all of that in. And so I do empathize for for the people, especially the pastors that come in and they're not a youth minister. You know, they're a pastor that they, they don't speak to to teenagers on a regular basis. And so I do empathize for them there, but um it's a tough crowd. Not because there's anything wrong with y'all. It's just a tough crowd. It is, it is a tough um, crowd. And it comes back to kind of what I said with Audrey and Jenna. You teenagers, you're almost adults. So I can almost speak to you like an adult, and yet you're also still growing and still learning. So what does someone in that position need to hear? Someone who's becoming independent yet isn't fully independent. Someone who maybe grew up in the church but has forgotten all the stories. It, there's many variables there. It's got to be a nuanced message, a nuanced thing to speak to them. Um, this brings me to a question that I want to know as an adult, and Jill probably wants to know it too. What do you wish adults understood better about teenagers? I feel like a lot of people expect high schoolers to grow up right away. And you're, you're right, you're talking to like people that are about to go into adulthood, but I think it's also important to remember we're not in adulthood though. Mm-hmm. So the expectations that are put on high schoolers are like a lot of the time like to be an adult, like you need to have like long job, like lots of hours, like get paid a lot, you need to, you know, like do your own like taxes and stuff. Like I have like friends that like are like getting their oil changed and their car repaired all the time and they're like <laughs> helping their mom pay bills and I'm like, oh my gosh, like you're still a kid. So I wish sometimes, I guess, that adults would understand that, you know, we still want the high school experience. We are still a kid and, you know, you didn't get that experience when you were in middle school, elementary school. So once you're in high school, like, we're eager to still be kids and we're not exactly ready to grow up. And there is a point when you should encourage them to. But I feel like even like my freshman year, I was told all the time, like, you're about to go to college. Like, you need to plan right now. I'm like, what? Like, I just got <laughs> into high 14. school. I'm <laughs> 14. <laughs> I know. I'm like, my little brother's going into high school right now. Like, he's not going to college anytime soon. But he kind of is, and he's going to start having those conversations right now. And I feel like that can be, like, a lot of pressure on someone sometimes. I would say kind of branching off of that, though, I just feel like a lot, like, we see a bunch of, like, other teenagers our age that are, like, influencers and stuff, and they're, like, making so much money and, like, doing all these platforms and everything. And we see that and we kind of feel like more bad about ourselves. We're like, oh, should we be doing that? And then we should still be like kids though. So it's like, there's a lot of different perspectives of like a teenager nowadays that I think adults can get kind of confused with. And like, kind of, cause like, in, my mom was always like, when I was younger and I'm like, no, but it's like kind of like different now. Like, cause we have like phones and stuff and different technology and cars. I mean, they had cars, but like yeah, yeah. (laughs) Back in the 1900s, um, I was born then. How old is your mom? (laughs) They had cars, so she's always like, I never got to call people. I just had to show up at their house. I'm like, yeah, but now like we have phones and like technology to like do stuff. So like, I feel like they almost had to grow up faster than like we had to grow up with like maturing and everything. Mm. That's a great point, both of you your comment about seeing, I think our culture does see so many young people get really famous, really rich, really quickly. And it's, it's funny because I don't know 
what parents are saying to Gen Z in this regards, but I grew up in the culture where the, the internet was just coming to the foray. Gaming was just coming to the foray. And we were all told, don't get into gaming. You're not going to get anywhere with that. It's just a waste of time. And don't get into the, spend all your time online because it's not going to get you anywhere either. And now the richest, most successful people are the people that spend all their time gaming and on the internet. <laughs> and so it's just kind of funny how quickly things have changed. And maybe that's where some of that pressure is coming from. It's the pressure of, we want to get stuff out of our life. We want a good job and we want money. And so it's almost like, okay, if I get started just a little sooner, I'll have an edge. Well, then everyone else starts a little sooner, right? And so you got to start a little further back and you start a little further back. And now you have, you know, people putting their kids into specific like elementary schools to set themselves up for the future. And I'm just like, wow, we, we are really planning this life far in advance. And maybe that's a good thing. I, I don't know. I, I'm not a parent, but I can see how that builds into that pressure. I'm curious, Ivy, you said it sounded like you were saying you, you wish adults were, were more patient with teenagers because you're almost adults, but not quite yet. And I remember your, your college decision process <laughs> that was an interesting one because you were coming right up to the end. And I remember your mom coming up to me and saying, I'd be still deciding. And I you know, checked my calendar and realized it was April of your <laughs> senior year. Um, did you need a push at some point to come to that decision? Are you, are you simmering in it still? Like, how did you reach that decision of I'm going to Northern Arizona University? Yeah, I forget a lot that I'm actually going. So <laughs> sometimes I'm like, wait, what? I think I'm still in middle school like I don't know I feel so young but like also sometimes I definitely feel like I'm really old and I should be adulting or something but it took a while for me to decide I think because I was so focused on what I was doing in high school I was really involved in dance and dance season lasts until like March so you know like everyone else like was kind of done with their stuff and they were like okay so like let's move on to the next chapter and I was still so excited about going to prom and like I was really excited about, I don't know, just lots of things. And actually I was prom dress shopping in Arizona with my aunt whenever we decided to like go tour Northern Arizona University. And it wasn't because I was necessarily going to go. It was just kind of for fun. Her twin boys are going there with me next year and they're my age. So we went and toured and I was like, yeah, like this is like my second favorite school. Uh -huh. I was like I'm not, I'm not going here though. Like, and I remember like flying home and like my parents were like talking to me and they're like, well, this is like an actual possibility. Like this is like, this would make sense. Like this is a good school. Like you should like potentially go here. And I'm like, yeah, like maybe later. Like uh -huh. it was like, like four it was, months. I know it was like, wait, actually it's like really soon. Like maybe I should make that uh -huh. decision. Like, uh -huh. I don't know. And then I remember whenever I guess we kind of did make the decision, like I hadn't even realized that we did make the decision and so I was texting one of my friends and like I went over to her house and I was talking to her and her mom and they're like oh so like have you decided college and I was like yeah I'm going to northern Arizona and they were like what like you didn't tell anyone and I was like oh like I guess I didn't I don't know it just feels like it's like so far in the future that like I didn't need to tell anyone so I don't know I think some people don't know where I'm going but I've tried to tell more people yeah yeah there is a and I guess it's an awkward balance of wanting to be patient with your kid as a parent. I'm glad they did speak a little bit to you and say, this is a real possibility, you know? Right. And I would say to parents, 
you know, it's important to listen to your kids. It's important to, you know, you want them to listen to you. Be reciprocal. In that. Be willing to listen to them. Be willing to be patient with them. But also, don't say nothing. Don't have no voice. I've seen the inverse problem where parents can be so passive and so um, uninvolved that it ends up having negative effect. And so, again, it's it's just a tough balance. I'm glad you had parents that were patient, probably a little impatient at times, yes, maybe. pointed you directions, but also let you arrive to that decision yourself. I think that's really important. As we're talking about adults, you've got a lot of uh, Christian leaders at our church that are adults. As teenagers, what are you looking for from Christian leaders such as myself or our pastors or small group leaders, all these adults that you have in your life, what are you looking for from them? From like Christian leaders and from like my small group leader, especially we break off into the boy girl small groups. I feel like I can really like talk to them about my faith and stuff and like just trust between the conversation, like what we're talking about. So I feel like it's more like a trust, but also like I want to hear like their story too. So like I can learn life experiences from them as well. Yeah, I agree with that. I like whenever I was like freshman sophomore maybe even junior in high school I was looking a little more for like you know a lot of guidance and someone to like talk about my problems with and that kind of thing and lately I feel like I've been looking a little more for somebody that you know is similar ish in age to me someone that like recently like went through what I'm about to go through that can like give me advice so I know like one of our leaders uh, she's still in college and so like she's like able to talk to me about like what she just went through and like how her like first year of college was and that's like really helpful for me right now like almost to have like a friend that's still older than me still can give me advice and stuff but someone that I can talk to more that like you know like relates to me hmm. and I know some leaders can be at other churches that I've been at who are like older leaders and not that those people can't have wisdom for you I absolutely think they can but it was a little harder for them to connect because it would be like, you know, back in my day, like, <laughs> this is what we did. And I'm like, well, college has changed a lot since yeah. then. And high school has changed a lot since then. And, you know, I don't know. It's just it's a different kind of like relation. So I'm really thankful that we have like younger leaders that have gone through like experiences that I'm about to go through and can talk to me about that. In looking for some of that guidance, I'm curious, do you want to reach out to that leader? and get that and say, Hey, I could use some wisdom on this or would it work better for that person to reach out to you? Cause this is a big question in small yeah. groups. Like should the adult be the first to reach out and, and engage and Hey, you're going to this next stage of your life. How can I help you? Or would you rather be the one to initiate a conversation? I think that the adult should initiate it at first because sometimes we're just not comfortable or we're not really sure that they even want that kind of relationship. I know our leaders do, but some leaders don't want that. And so if they initiate it first, then I think I'd feel a lot more comfortable being like coming back to them and saying, okay, I have another question. Like, can we talk about this? Because I've already established that they want to talk to me and that they'll answer my questions. It'll help me out with that. I think a lot of times people in, in leadership roles at a church think, you know, you can say from a stage, my door's always open. You can come to me whenever you want. And that's true and great. And I think I've said that before, but I have to remind myself that sometimes I have to be willing to go up and myself have the courage to ask you how you're doing and where you're at. Because as awkward and nervous as it might be for me to ask you that question, you're probably feeling the same way or even more because 
your teenager coming to an adult with questions about your life. And so maybe for us leaders in the church, not a position of a passive open door and not a position of just telling you what I think and walking away, but a position of curiosity and coming and asking, how are you? How's it going? And letting the conversation go from there. Maybe that's the right approach. I'm out of questions, but this has been a good conversation. Jill, do you? Well, I can't let you go, Ivy, without talking about being, (laughs) is it known as a PK? Yes. Oh, yeah. Pastor's kid. We learned about that earlier on when we first launched. Talk briefly about that. I mean, is there this pressure that you put on yourself? Is there pressure that people put on you? I would have to think that. Like, what is that like? And why are we so obsessed with wanting to know what it's like to be a pastor's child (laughs) or kid? Yes, it's definitely a well thought of experience that people want to know about. Because I guess not many people get that experience. No. Um, definitely being at a private school, more people have asked me that. Okay. Because I guess maybe they know more that I'm a pastor's kid because my dad comes around. And there's probably a few pastor's kids at the school. There are also, yes, more pastor's kids than I've ever seen in one place. Okay. At this school, there's a lot of them. So I'm like, oh, wow, like people that I can relate to. But there is this um, good versus bad pastor's kid that everyone has an idea that you are either a good pastor's kid or a bad pastor's kid. And if you're a good pastor's kid, you have to be very good. Like, you are an angel. Everyone thinks you're the nicest person in the whole world. Like, you're so sweet. Like, everyone has really good things to say about you. Teacher's pet, that kind of thing. And otherwise, you get, you're a bad pastor's kid. And bad That's pastor's just, kids yeah. are known for rebelling because <laughs> they've, I guess, had this really structured, like, parental guidance their whole life. And I think they th- want people to think, like, different of them. I don't know that they have like different values. They're more fun than their parents would expect of them. (laughs) And so that's kind of a bad place to get grouped into. Um, I've been told before that I'm a bad pastor's kid. They didn't explain it to me, but I've also been told I'm a good one. So I don't know. (laughs) I don't know if I really care. (laughs) Oh, this is, you know, we really do have the binary nature of our culture is so frustrating sometimes Mm -hmm. those are big heady words i'm basically we divide things into two sides yeah republican democrat you know uh private public private public you're either a christian who knows everything or if you don't know everything then you must not be christian and (laughs) you're either a good pastor's kid or bad pastor's kid (laughs) what if people are people that have multiple sides to them they're multifaceted that have sides that are good and helpful and sides that are broken and struggling. What if that's how we all were? And what if pastors kids were the same way? I was just going to say, or what if Ivy is just a kid who has a mom and a dad? And they do good things and they make mistakes. And Ivy has done great things and she's made mistakes. But I still like to know. Uh (laughs) (laughs) No, I actually, I was actually... (laughs) Whenever I found out that you were a pastor's kid, I was kind of like scared. So I was like, oh no, she's going to judge me. I went to public school. Like, she's like, oh my gosh. And then I, she's like, I went to public school. I was like, what? Mm. <laughs> Are you a pastor's kid? And I was like, she kind of relates to me though, because we both go to public school. We're like the only ones on the dance that went, went to public, public school. school. It's just a title. Yeah, it's literally just a title. Yeah. Well, I just think it's been 
a joy to listen to the both of you and just totally different dynamics and backgrounds. And I, and I will say this is a little bit of a background to the listener. When we were putting together the thought process on the faith of the next generation and the high school kids that Ryan wanted to bring in, he has nailed it so far. I mean, this is why you do what you do. And in our last episode, in this episode, you had the ladies describe each other in one word. Well, I think that we already know the word for you and it's relatable. And so I am so glad that this is what you're doing. I don't think that people would come on like Ivy and Maddie to talk about their experience if it wasn't the experience like this. You know, they would not. I don't feel like you girls are forced to be here. Like you really are excited about this and excited about what Ryan's doing and what's going to happen generation so thanks to all three of you <laughs> love this conversation and it makes me want to learn more about the both of you that that both these conversations have made me want to follow up with you two with the other two and i'm guessing that's how they're all going to be yeah so we're going to bring the boys in for the next episode we're going to have their perspective and I don't even know what to think. Like I have some different things going on in my mind that I think is going to might happen. And, but I, I shouldn't assume that. So um, that is going to be the next route we take. We're going to get the guy's perspective. So make sure you are listening for our next episode of normal goes a long way. Thanks ladies.